Hi friends, welcome back to Sounds Like a You Problem, episode 7. If you're new, welcome. Today we're going to talk about friendship breakups, and it hurts. I just feel like your girls are your girls, and when you're a boy, your boys are your boys, you know? And whenever you no longer can consider them one of your yours, it hurts. It's hard. Like, arguably worse than a breakup, because... We want friendships to last forever, right? I don't know. There's a lot of reasons, and I'm going to get into it today, on why or how you could lose a friend or why that would happen or be prevalent in someone's life and kind of how I get through it and my perspective and outlook on why it happens, which helps me to endure it, if that makes any sense at all. I actually have a lot of real life examples that I don't know if I'm going to put in here because I know that not every friendship ends healthily. Let's say that. And some of them are silent watchers, okay, of all of my online social media journey, excuse me, journey. And I just don't want to give them a spotlight, even knowing that spotlight would be negative. But there are a few stories that I'm going to share with you that are kind of crazy. This is kind of tea. So if you clicked on this episode, um, I'm going to help you get through your friendship breakup, but you're also going to get a little bit of <laughs> the drama. So the first story that I want to tell is a friend that I made very, very, very quickly. And I moved schools 11 different times. I went to seven different school districts. Okay, so I was never like in sports or part of a team or anything like that. So I didn't have like that kind of collective friendship group and also moving back and forth so often. How could you keep a strong bond with a friend? It was very challenging. I did have a friend that I made in first grade. I went to her house for the very first time after the Halloween party when our moms met and it is one of my fondest memories. It always makes me smile to think about it and we used to, um, after I moved away in the fourth grade, I moved like an hour and a half away, we would write each other letters. We were pen pals and it is, to this day, I, I still have the letters. Uh, I'm a very sentimental person so I have almost every card that everyone's <laughs> ever given me, even like St. Patrick's Day cards from my aunt. It's a bit much but it's special to me, it's nostalgic and it's just something that I do. I digress, what I wanted to mention about this friend is that she was like the op complete opposite of me. She was so timid and so introverted, but I, to this day, have never laughed harder with anyone in my entire life. She is that friend that I will always think and speak fondly of, but it will always break my heart that life just pulled us away after so many years of us, I feel like, trying to keep that connection and keep that friendship, even as very young children. Like, I look back and I'm just, like, so proud of us for attempting to keep that bond. And even when we got into, like, our late teens, early 20s, we would still see each other around our birthdays. Hers is in September and mine's August. So we would make a point to try to meet up here and there. And then, of course, you guys know I kind of fell deeper into my alcoholism and she went off to college and did, like, big girl real life things. Um, like she was supposed to and now she actually I live 30 45 minutes north of where we were going to school at so almost two hours completely of where I moved to when our friendship started to dwindle we reconnected and went to the same high school freshman year she had um, a friend that she had bonded with while I was away like a lot more and that was okay it 
it was a, a bit challenging to view, but like I knew my place. I wasn't someone who was like, you can't be friends with her or like, why would you replace me? Like it was definitely not that type of vibe, but it was, it was a bit challenging. Again, we ate lunch together every day until one day we didn't. So her class always let out earlier than mine and she would wait for me in the hallway. And one day she didn't, like probably a week or so went by of this. And I was like, I'm going to find her and I'm going to confront her because she wasn't answering my texts either. Apparently my Facebook said that I was interested in men and women. And her friend had told her this in regards to try to destroy the friendship that we had and it terrified my friend not because she isn't okay with people being whatever sexuality they want to be but because she remembers all those times we were kids growing up together and she just felt very you know she felt like her privacy had been invaded secretly and i understood that but i was also very hurt that she couldn't come to me and confirm these details because at that point i was the only one that had had even had a boyfriend it was freshman year and I was like, if there's any proof that anyone is into women, it's you, not me. Um, but that doesn't matter. Like, I don't think that your sexual preference matters. And I think you can have girlfriends and boyfriends. And, and, and the whole point of this is that, like, I understood where her perspective was. But I did not understand her not being able to come to me and ask me about this. Um, again, she was very introverted, very opposite of me, so that was hard for me to wrap my head around, but I could empathize with her perspective and viewpoint. That was the only fight we've ever had. It left me feeling like she didn't know who I was and didn't know my character, and that was really challenging for me to navigate. It was, freshman year was one of, uh, oh wow, I'm gonna get emotional. I'm just thinking about my actual life. Freshman year was one of the most challenging years I've ever been through. And I was just like 15, young, forced to move back in with my mom who was still an active addict. And it was a really bad year, okay? To also lose a friend in that year and to feel like she couldn't see my character and to feel like I had no one to confide in or to go to was really, really hard for me. And ultimately I think that that helped separate us overall because she actually lives like seven minutes down the road from me now and neither of us live in any of the towns we lived in growing up. We live in a completely different town, it just happens to be the same one and she's barely 10 minutes from me. I actually reached out to her about two months ago and said like, hey, I like, would you be interested in getting lunch? Like I think that that would, would be nice. And she was like, absolutely. And the night before I was like, hey, I'll see you tomorrow at 11. And she was like, actually, could we rain check? And there was more disappointment, right? But like ultimately that gave me my message. Like, okay, I have put the effort in. I have resolved issues that shouldn't have been issues or arised in the first place. She is the longest friend I technically have ever had. But at the same time, like we've grown apart and she seems disinterested in helping this friendship blossom and be what it what once was. And I have to accept that and move on. She still has not reached out for said rain check and that the ball is in her court. That is on her table. I'm not going to continuously put effort into someone who doesn't put effort into me. I'm a very good friend. That was probably the biggest breakup friendship-wise that I've had, but at the same time it wasn't the most explosive or the most detrimental because I do feel like so many years have passed and so much has happened that I was kind of just like, 
you know what, you already haven't been a part of my life for so long, it doesn't feel that different for you to rain check on me. More so when I got sober, I had a friend who I had a very codependent toxic friendship with. She was actually the only person to this day who actually knows, she almost knows exactly how much I was drinking. There were still some secrets that I kept from her, but she was one of the only people who actually knew how much alcohol I was consuming because she consumed more than me that I felt like she wouldn't judge me or try to change my behaviors or actions or choices if she knew like the real amount of alcohol I was intaking, which was so, so much. When I got sober, if you don't know my sobriety story, I haven't shared it on my podcast and I may in a later episode. If that's something you guys are interested in hearing, I have shared it on other platforms, but I got into a car accident and she was actually in the car with me. After said car accident, I immediately got sober. We were both okay, both totally okay, no property damage, no one else was involved, I wanna make that clear. Worst situation ever, but the best outcome ever for me was to realize, like, have everything taken from me and get sober and be punished and have to acknowledge the consequences to my actions. And I, I needed that because I didn't have parents. They are dead and they were in prison and it was just easy for me to get away with things, I guess. I don't know, I just was never reprimanded for much because I was a good kid prior to falling into alcoholism. So she lived kind of far away and typically I would always go pick her up. I would always drive to go see her. I'd always make plans to go see her. Like we were not without each other. It got to the point where I was focusing so hard on my sobriety and changing so much in my life to be sober. And I knew it was gonna be like, just literally rewriting my entire life currently for the future to be different. That took a lot of effort, it took a lot of work, it took a lot of me diving into different hobbies and relearning how to do almost everything. She would always send me Snapchat memories of us, like one year ago today, one year ago today, one year ago today, and every single memory, we were drunk, we were hammered, we were just absolutely obliterated, like we, every single memory. And I'm like, this is not healthy for me to continue to consume. Like, I don't want to be reminded of these things right now. Like, I need to focus on going after the life that I'm wanting to have. And having these memories at this moment is not conducive to my sobriety. And so I, I handled it as gently as I could. Um, by telling her that and I really sat on the message for a long time and like revised it in my notes and stuff when I was like hey like I just don't think that if you're not sober that we can make a friendship work and that hurts and even beyond that I don't know that if you do get sober that a friendship will work for us because all we have ever known friendship wise is drinking and partying together and I'm just I, I'm not saying that it wouldn't be possible, but as of right now, you not being sober, it's not, it's, it's just not feasible for my life and I'm very sorry. And she was like, no, I absolutely agree. Which is <laughs> neither here nor there. Um, I don't, I think that it hurt her even as gently as I did approach the conversation. I, I obviously think that it did hurt her feelings. It didn't make me feel good to do but it was what had to be done. And you will never, you will never go wrong by making the right decision. And it was interesting, this this was like two years ago and about three or four months ago, Jordan and I, it was August, uh, Jordan and I were in the mall. I actually seen her. I live very close to the mall now. She lives very far away. And I don't know if she knows that. And she knew Jordan when he and I got together and I don't know if she knows any of those things. And so it was one of those things where I seen her in passing and she kind of like hid from me. I don't know if she was ashamed or embarrassed. I don't know what she expected me to 
do. I wasn't like gonna approach her and like interview her and interrogate her like, are you still drinking? Like, I think that any interaction we would have had actually would have been awkward. So this is probably the best outcome of that situation. But it really took me off guard and it, it kind of put me in my feelings of like, she had a bunch of girls around her and I've never seen any of them in my life. And um, we both lived in a small town. So it was, it was intriguing to me to think like, at some point, like, someone who was there with you every single day in, in some of the darkest times is leaving and leading a completely different life from you now. And I know that I'm doing that, but sometimes I think it's nice to have the perspective that they are also doing that in a good way, in a good way. Like, that's a positive light, right? Because a lot of times when we lose friends, it's because we're our goals are changing. So when I got sober, like, my goals were changing or... If someone decides to go to college late or um, if someone decides to go to college straight out of high school and that's not your plan, it isn't going to align with your friend's plan and you're not going to be seeing them five days a week anymore or your schedule is going to be changing or you're going to be getting busier and so your goals make your compatibility less. You are no longer compatible because your goals have changed. Your chapter one is different than their chapter seven is different than my chapter 22. Like we've talked about that before and that that's okay. That's a common occurrence. And I think that we can sit in those feelings and be sad that that friendship is over. But I think that we can also take a step back and acknowledge that it was for the better for hopefully for the both of us. And if you have to set that boundary with someone in your life, you feel that it's best for you. Of course, you can have the best wishes and hopes that it's also for the best for them but sometimes we don't always see that there there's another friend i can think of very specifically that was a toxic friend to me when i was quite a bit younger and i actually just like fully cut her off once i realized like how abusive of a friend she was she would hit me and call me names and bullied me and I guess I just always played it off like she was just being a silly silly with me but it was interesting because when I had moved to that school she hated me and then ended up like becoming my friend and I honestly I honestly have this like little vision in my head that like maybe her and her mom sat down at the table and she was like keep your enemies close you know and then she like became my friend for that reason and I don't really know what the motive was I honestly don't think that she was smart enough or had enough like you have to be a smart smart individual to be manipulative to be able to pull off manipulation you have to be smart and I'm not saying she isn't smart there's a lot of things that have happened in my life with friends that um, I really thought were friends that I got to find out the hard way weren't she was really upset when I was like I called out her out straight up I called her out and I was like this is inappropriate like I refuse to be treated like this anymore and she's like confused because it'd been happening for three years and I was like what you're saying to me like it's not a joke you believe this stuff and you're doing it to make yourself feel better and i have never done this to you i have never body shamed you i have never told you that you look like a man with your hair pulled back i have never told you that you're too this or you're too that and that's all you do to me you told me i looked like a man with my hair pulled back and I, you will not find me in a ponytail it is so, 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 so rare because she really hurt my feelings when she said that. She really changed the perception of how I viewed myself and how I thought others viewed me because I had so much trust and love instilled in her. And I don't, I've never gotten an apology and I'm not looking for one, but I, I do often ponder if that's something that she is able to admit or recognize that she did to me. And 
I don't sit and ponder long because that's not going to be beneficial to any part of my life and this was years ago. But all of these things affect you. Words affect you, which is words have so much power behind them. They're so simple yet so monumental. And that's something that I talk about a lot on Sounds Like a You Problem because that's why I created Sounds Like a You Problem. And losing a friend is just, it's sometimes there's no explanation. I had a friend I was friends with for four years. When I was in active alcoholism, she was always there for me. She came to my family holidays because her family wasn't the best around. Um, so like my whole family would get her gifts. She'd come to all the holidays. She was there for like my nephew's birthday parties. My nephew adored her. She came to photo shoots. We spent so much time together. I, I helped her move into her new place because again, her family isn't the best. And I watched her go from being single to falling in love. And I also was there for her when she confided in me that on a cruise, she basically she confided in me that she had cheated on her boyfriend and what should she do and i i straight up told her you have to tell him this is not fair you you even if you okay let's say even if you don't tell him you're going to be riddled with guilt and eventually it's going to eat away at you and the longer you wait to tell him the worse it is going to be when you tell him number one number two he's a human he has feelings and emotions that are valid and if he thinks that you guys are in a monogamous relationship where you've been faithful to him and you haven't, you have to tell him that. And I understand being in a situation that you've never been in before that you seek advice on. But what I didn't understand is her, that was so out of character for her. It was so surprising to me. She tried to kind of say and justify her actions on alcohol and as a recovering alcoholic, I just can't get behind that, you know? That's not just something that glazes over in your mind because you're drunk. You know, and you were a lot more conscious about that decision because it's not routine. Anyway, she decided to share this with her boyfriend. He decided to stay with her. They are still together to this day. And a couple months went by and things were just weird. They were just shaky. She used to um, get lash services from me and she was just like, hey, I just don't really have the funds. And I was like, girlfriend, I totally understand. Not a big deal. And she was like in Chicago that weekend. And I was just like, oh, well, you could have told me like you'd rather travel and that's like why you didn't have the funds because now I, I, I just feel like a little in the dark, like a little like, I don't know. It, it just felt a little strange, but I was trying not to take it personal. I have an episode about taking things personal coming up very soon. There was this whole weird situation where she thought that her boyfriend was into me romantically, which was, was so caught me off guard because... I had no idea that there that was a thing. Like, I, I hadn't felt that vibe. I hadn't gotten that vibe. I'm very intuitive. I pay attention to things. And um, I really liked her boyfriend. I thought he was good for her and he seemed good to her. And I still think that he is. But I think that she had a massive amount of insecurity. And when she was single, we were the best of friends. We were great, amazing friends. But a lot of times in my life, I have noticed that my friends that I have are either intimidated by the way that I look and don't want to bring me around their significant others or are so insecure with themselves if they don't have a significant other they're tearing me down constantly. A couple months went by and I hadn't heard from her and my partner and I had a really rough spot and I reached out to her and she kind of just blew me off and I was like I'm not gonna hold this against her she's probably I'm not gonna take it personal again she's probably going through something really really serious that's fine and then my two years sober came up and I didn't hear from her. Not a bleep, not a like on an Instagram post, not a Facebook comment, not a Snapchat message, nothing. 
as that being one of the biggest accomplishments I've ever made in my life, I thought my friend would at least in the slightest make her voice known in that moment for me. And that's when I decided that I was going to ask her what was going on. Like, hey, did I do something? I haven't heard from you in months. You hurt my feelings when you blew me off. I understand if you were going through something, but then you hurt my feelings again when you weren't there for a really big moment in my life and I'm just very confused by that. And she left me on red. So I was like, okay, maybe she's at work, maybe she's busy, I'll give it some time. Almost two hours go by and I was like, hello. Immediately read it, left me on red. And I was like, okay, something's going on here. And I don't like this. I don't like this behavior. I have been a good friend to her. She has been a good friend to me. What's going on? Something's going on here. So it's like, um, can I have an explanation of why you're leaving me on red? Like we have been the best of friends for four years. I'm very, very confused right now and like kind of hurt because like if you just leave me on, left on red for the rest of forever, like I, I, I genuinely had so much more hope in her character that I thought at the very least I would get some closure from this friendship if it were going to end. But I, I didn't see any reason that it should be ending. And she texted me and she was like, no, actually, she, she left out on red too, and I said something. I said, does this have something to do with, uh, well, I'm not going to say names, but I said, does this have some, something to do with your boyfriend? And she was like, why would you say that? And she immediately responded, and I was like, hmm. I was like, well, I, you remember the situation a couple months ago where you had thought he was romantically interested in me, and, like, we kind of diffused that situation, and you said that it felt resolved and you felt better about it and we could move on. I don't know, that's where it came from. You were there for that moment, you were part of it, so I kind of just thought you remembered that. It was kind of significant. I feel like it would have been significant for me in my relationship, so I, I don't know. And she's like, um, well has something else happened? And I was like, I'm not going to sit here and give you answers about if something else has happened when you can't even answer me why you haven't spoken to me in months. Like, I'm your, I, I, I consider you my best friend, and she has, um, a few other friends, and that's fine, but, like, she was my one and only friend after sobriety that I was, like, that close to and close with, and I considered her family, like, there are so many photos of us at different events that, like, now I'm just, like, can't use those, because it reminds me of hurt, it reminds me of bad. She said something along the lines of, I don't owe anyone an explanation. I don't owe anyone my time who doesn't bring me joy. And I was, uh, uh, what? I didn't know our friendship didn't bring you joy. Like all of this had was just like blindsiding me and nothing had like genuinely happened. I thought things were resolved and fine. And it was funny because it was like directly after her birthday and she had come over to my house and opened her presents and left. And I thought that was strange. Like every time I seen her for the past couple of months had been so just quick. And then my two year happened in April. And then I approached her about the situation before my birthday. My birthday was in August. So it was like June or July sometime then. And she basically was just like, you know what? I wish you the best, but I'm working on myself and I'm putting myself first and you should understand that. And I was like, that's not how that works. You don't get to just ghost a genuine friend who talks to you pretty often. Yeah, we'll go a couple weeks or a month or two without speaking and then we'll pick right back up where it left off. But I have reached out to you a multitude of times and you have blown me off. So that's where this conversation comes into play. You don't get to just ignore me. You don't get to just shut down and stop a friendship and go ghost mode and say that I'm supposed to know that. It's for the betterment of putting yourself first. If you would have given me that information prior, I would have given you all the time you need, all the support you needed, 
everything, all the space you needed to do that because I would support that as a friend. And I should, I know, I know in my heart she knows that's my character and I said that to her. I said, you know this. So I don't believe that this is actually what's going on. And she was like, you know what? I wish you the best. I really do. And I was like, you know what? I thought so much more highly of you. So that's where that ended. She was prepared to end that friendship and I may not ever have like the truth. I have my suspicions and you know, that's enough for me. But that was really, really hard for me. Like I cried about it. I was like, that was my one friend that I have had for a long time that I felt like I was gonna have an adulthood. Like I thought that she was gonna be at my wedding. I thought we were gonna have babies together. Th that was my girl, that was my person. Like I'd finally had hope for having a long-term friend and a good friend who reciprocated the friendship that I gave out. Having that loss without like like definitive closure hurt me. And I knew that she had other friends that she can fulfill like her friendship needs with. And I knew that I didn't. And that left me feeling very vulnerable. It's best I think to feel through it and move on versus like just pushing all those feelings off out of spite and like not wanting to acknowledge that someone hurt you. We can acknowledge that someone hurt us and that doesn't make us weak or any less of a person. In fact, I think that it shows our integrity and our character and that our perception was way different than the other person's. That is something I think that will probably still always bother me. It will still always just sit there in a little space in the back of my mind where I will ponder and wonder why. But one thing that I will not do and will not allow is to question if I was a good enough friend because I know I was a good friend to her. Looking back on that, I also, not only am I not gonna question my ability to be a good friend or if it was enough for her, I'm not, if you wanna hear why you're never enough, you can go back to the last episode posted. Actually, it's episode five, I'm sorry. After I had thought about this for a while, I realized that the character decision that she made to cheat on her boyfriend was not one that I supported. It made me ultimately view her differently because I didn't think it was a decision she'd ever make and she made it. And I know that it's a decision that I will never make. And so because she did something that was out of line of the morals and values that I expect from a human being, I think ultimately, I made a lot of excuses and justifications for her behavior that day. Really, this was just the universe setting me up to see if I could handle setting a boundary when someone breaks a moral code of conduct that I believe in if I'm going to stand for it. I take those things seriously because there's a lot of people in this world that don't and we need people that do. I hope that makes sense. I think what I'm trying to get at is that that was the the precursor for our friendship ending and I just didn't realize it at said time. And looking back, I don't want a friend who can't explain to me that they need a mental break. I don't want a friend that can't, feels like they don't know my heart enough to come to me and explain that what they're going through is something they need time and space for. I don't need a friend who can't see my character and, and thinks that they can't confide in me or thinks that they can just blow me off and that I'm not going to be hurt. I'm a very tender-hearted person and if you can't see my character, I'm not gonna explain it to you, okay? I'm not going to. And that's just, if, if you do something wrong also, I'm not gonna tell you what you did wrong. You know you did something wrong. Um, and that's where my confusion came in is because she was ignoring me, but I knew that I hadn't done anything wrong. I didn't have a guilty conscience of anything. And I'm so self-aware and empathetic. 
and it helps me navigate these situations so that's why I know that there was ulterior motives to that friendship ending and that is the most recent occurrence and I just want you to know like if you've had something similar or went through something similar or you want to set a boundary with a friend or end a friendship be honest with them because even if they react negatively, it shows your character, it shows your integrity. And later on when they have time to sit back and have some growth throughout the years, but also have some time to like look back and think about how they reacted to how you approached them, it's gonna make them feel like crap. And I don't want you to want to make them feel like crap. I just want you to know that in every situation and in every room, you showed up with grace and poise and conducted yourself in a way that even if it was to protect yourself, was respectful. That says so much about a human being, says so much about a person, and I want you to want to be that way. I want to be that way. And I try genuinely to be that way often. Friendship breakups suck, man. They hurt. For a while, I just felt very like, I'm just going to be without friends. And you know what? I work seven days a week. I have a podcast. I have a YouTube channel. I am on TikTok every single day. I'm trying to get my Instagram reels back up. I'm on YouTube shorts. I work a service job 30 hours a week. I try to see my nephew at least once a week. We do a craft, an activity. We go to the park. We get McDonald's. We go to the science center, whatever it may be. I'm trying to nourish that relationship with him and also to see my sister. I'm constantly trying to plan for the next holiday, the next season to make my house warm and cozy and inviting. I have clients. I do makeup, lashes, brows, okay? I do weddings. So I am in a lot of things and I am busy and it is hard to fit friendship time in. Would I um, take time out for that? Yes, but maybe the way I looked at it is this is my time. This is my time. And when I get, when I have these goals that don't align with a lot of other people, it's not a common thing. It's kind of hard to find people that are YouTubers or TikTokers or content creators in my area. At least I, I, I've reached out to two and they have been rude. So that just didn't work out for me. I know that my time will come where I will have the most genuine, beautiful friendship and something that I'm very lucky to have. We have went through many ups and downs, my sister and I. Who is cutting onions? I think I got like a something in my eye, like a twig or a branch. If you get that reference, we can be friends. Um, I'm very grateful to have my sister. It makes me emotional to say that because I know not everyone does. I do, and I love her dearly. It's just also nice to have friends because sometimes family members can be a little too close to the situation, right? Or you know them a little too well. But I am, I'm grateful for my sister and I'm grateful to have time to nurture these relationships um, in my life, especially being sober now. I'm grateful I didn't lose any or ruin any. Not everyone can say the same and I know that and, and my gratitude is there. And I know when the time comes, the universe and God will put the right people in my path for me to develop friendships with that will be beautiful and blossom and both effort put in on both sides. And I just want you to know that that will happen for you as well. If you feel like you're never someone's person or you're never the best friend or their best friend, there's other people out there like that struggling with it right now too. And eventually one of these days, you will guys will be put together and it will be the most beautiful experience. And it may end, but it doesn't mean you will never be without loved ones, people to love, people that love you, or without friends in general, okay? And you also can have very different levels to friendships. That doesn't mean I'll never have it again. When I do have it, 
I want it to be healthy. I want them to have and hold the same morals and values that I do. And I want it to be nurturing to my heart and my soul and my life. And I want it to do the same for them. And I know that that will come for me in time. And it will come for you in time as well. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I didn't mean to get so emotional. If you could do one thing for me, could you go to Spotify and leave me a five-star rating? I'm putting so much time, effort, and energy into these podcasts, and I hope you guys can see that and hear that and feel that. And just going and leaving me a five-star review will literally help me out so, so much. Right now, I'm posting two times a week. You can also find my content on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you stream podcasts, even iHeartRadio and Pandora, and um, YouTube if you want to watch the video version and see me ball like a baby just then. <laughs> Thank you guys. I love you all so much, and I'll see you in the next episode of Sounds Like a You Problem.